Uh, good morning and welcome, everybody. So glad to see each and every one of you today. Uh, today we're starting a new series called We Are Vineyard. And before we dive in, uh, let us look to the Lord. So, Father, we come before you as humble servants just to uh, say thank you for another day. Thank you for uh, showing up in our lives and continuing to bless us with breath in our bodies, blood in our veins, and a mind to focus on and serve you. We pray that you would meet us in a special way this morning, that you would come through and show up. Holy Spirit, would you move in a mighty way? Would you have your way? through this service, through, uh, 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 from heart to heart, from mind to mind, and as we learn more about you and as we worship you as King of kings and Lord of lords, we pray you meet us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This new series called We Are a Vineyard, I, my goal with this is to introduce us, uh, those of you who are here for the very first time or those of you who have been around the vineyard for it's, it's, uh, it's, since its creation uh, 40 years ago, uh, we want to introduce you to uh, the rich vineyard values, theology, the distinctives, and a little taste of history, and our theology, just what we believe and why we believe it. Uh, here in the vineyard. There's a, a few books out there that talk more about uh, vineyard, and uh, I like to suggest and, and offer books. Uh, but this is one that uh, I'll actually be leading a uh, book study on coming soon. It's called Vineyard DNA. Vineyard DNA. This is the book that actually, uh, when I read it, uh, helped to connect me more and helped me to learn more about the vineyard and what vineyard actually is, and actually uh, I've gained a heart for the Vineyard Movement with Vineyard DNA. Uh, I'll be leading a book study on this, not until the fall, because I was planning to lead a book study this summer. But then somebody said, you're in Minnesota. <laughs> so my staff wisely advised this uh, New Yorker that came over here uh, that uh, th that wasn't the best idea, that y'all wouldn't show up. Y'all got cabins and stuff like that. I don't know about that culture. I'm still trying to learn. So we'll start that with our Wednesday evening classes that we will kick back off in the fall. All right? So in the fall, in August, we'll kick off some classes, and this will be one of them. Just warning. All right. We have a little video, do we? We have a little video that will help to uh, frame our series called We Are Vineyard, and I'd like for you to take a look at this now. I'd never heard of the Vineyard Movement before, but I decided to go to a conference because I just wanted to find out what it was all about. The very first talk that I heard at that conference changed my life. There was a man, and he was lovingly explaining the theology of the kingdom, the now and the not yet, the tension of both. I remember weeping because for the first time I had a language to describe what I knew to be true in my heart about the Christian faith but no one had given me the words for. I came home that night. It was in the vineyard that I became ordained as a female pastor. It was in the vineyard that I became a church planter. And it was in the vineyard that I found my calling and purpose as a woman of God. So I tell people that going to an Asian church, when you walk through the front doors, it can feel like you're walking into a warp zone. 
suddenly there's the cultural uh, barriers that you have to cross through. There's the culture, the language barriers. And so as a young person, I found that it was disillusioning for me to try to navigate all of those complexities. And so when I went to college in Ithaca, New York, there was a vineyard church that was starting. And I went to that church and I walked through the front doors and I walked into a different warp zone. And I encountered God's presence in a very real and tangible way. Uh, one night as I was coming home from one of the original pastor's conferences, and I, for the first time in my life, saw a vision. Uh, I saw a picture of Long Island, which is where I grew up in New York, but I knew I was supposed to plant a church. I am so proud to be a part of this vineyard movement. It was the theology that really called me into this home of mine and I'm so thankful to be a part of it. The thing that wins people over is not necessarily seeing the miracles, but when they experience the actual love of God, that's what wins them over. What ECV taught me, and I now know as a vineyard principle, is that we can tap into God and ask Him questions, and He can speak to us. Esto es lo que me encanta acerca de la viña. La viña es un lugar donde somos valorados, donde somos amados, donde somos incluidos. La viña es nuestra familia. My name is Melanie Forsyth Lee. I am Dennis Liu. Yo soy Carmen Suarez. We're Lance and Cheryl Pitluck, and we are Vineyard. And we are Vineyard. We are Vineyard. Somos Viña. I'm Daniqua Washington, and we are Vineyard. And mercy, together we are Vineyard. We are Vineyard. Now, everyone here, whether you've been here forever or not, you have your story about how you came here today or how you are a part of our Vineyard family. My story about how I got into the Vineyard is a little different than those that were presented there, but I felt like it was important to share some of that story so that you can see why I'm here, why I love the Vineyard, and uh, we can talk more about the Vineyard itself and what it is actually doing. You see, Lakita and I, my lovely wife, my wonderful bride, beautiful bride, we uh, uh, relocated to Syracuse, New York from uh, Orangeburg, South Carolina 13 years ago. And in that relocation, one of our top priorities was to find a new church home. And so we were church hoppers, right? We would hop from every church, go to different churches, trying to find a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church that didn't neglect the, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. We wanted a church that was, was culturally relevant, a church where we felt like we fit in, but we could actually get to work and we can impact our community as well. And so we went from church to church, and uh, uh, sorry, Syracuse, I know this is recorded, but church culture there sucked. I, we went to every church, I think, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm ready to pull out the little bit of hair that I have left on this head. And, and so I, uh, uh, since we were so frustrated, I went to a friend. I had to ask a friend for a church recommendation, and his name just happened to be Google. And so I just I typed in a, a multi-ethnic uh, church in Syracuse, and the first thing that popped up was the vineyard. 
The vineyard, the Syracuse Vineyard Church. I told my wife, I never heard of a church like that. I never heard of a vineyard before. Well, I don't know what kind of church that is, but uh, uh, let's check this church out. So we got in the car that Sunday morning in our Sunday best. I had on my shirt tucked into my slacks and my shiny polished black shoes. And my wife had on her Sunday best dress all looking all nice and good. And we walked up in there and found out we were a little overdressed for the vineyard. Y'all see, the vineyard says, come as you are and be loved, right? But don't stay as you are and be stuck. We, it's, it's like whatever you are wearing, which sometimes is pajamas. I see some people come in here. With, uh, no judgment, no judgment. I'm just saying. The vineyard was, was not the, the most dressiest place that I ever been. And so we walked in, and the people were just so nice. They greeted us. They showed us where the coffee was. They showed us, you know, where the sanctuary was. You can go over here, uh, whatever. We, they engaged us in conversation. We just felt loved and welcomed in our first visit to the vineyard. And then we went. We sat down in, in our chairs, and, and I looked to the left, and I looked to the right. We were the only ones making it multi-ethnic that day. I said, Google lied. Somebody lied. It was a sea of whiteness. No offense. We were like the speck of pepper in a shaker of salt. I'm like, Lord, what are you doing? You know what we're looking for, and you put us here. And so we enjoyed ourselves. My wife loved the music. It was more of a CCM, but then they sang a couple gospel songs in there too. And the woman who was on stage just had such a soulful voice. My wife was like, oh my goodness, who, who is that woman, that, that, that black woman trapped in a white woman's body? And I'm listening for the preaching. Uh, the, the pastor, the lead pastor, John Elmer, he got up on the stage and he, I've never heard a pastor so vulnerable before. John Elmer, if you don't know him, I mean, look him up. John Elmer is the one guy in the vineyard who will bear his soul, will tell you all of his business, will tell you all of his failures and tell you that we all fall short of the glory of God. And he will use those stories. He will allow himself to, to he will self-deprecate so that we can, he can explain or illustrate a point in order to show the goodness of God and what God can do. We can't be afraid to tell our business because God can get glory out of our darkest places. And so I said, man, I never heard anybody preach like that. And so I fell in love with the preaching. And so we came back another week and we came back another week and we came back another week and we started to get into this thing. We got into a small group and things like that, but we were still culturally uncomfortable. It wasn't comfortable to be there. Though we were, were making connections, it was still something going on. So we were looking for another church. We were like, Lord, we got to go. We got to find a black church. We got to do something. We got to do something that fits our culture. And we were looking over, but God was not moving us for some reason. We knew that God was up to something. We knew that he was, he was looking to make some kind of impact, that he was looking to do something different in our lives. But we like, God, really? Is this way you want to do it? And so we didn't leave. Fast forward to 2015. 
We went to the Vineyard Global Conference that was held in Columbus, Ohio. And at that conference, there were, there, it, was, it was different than our local vineyard representation. There were 60 countries represented in this one gathering, this one conference. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, look at the variety of folks in this room. I said, oh, this is, this is eye-opening. This is amazing. But, you know, I was still, you know, kind of, anyway. And then a man got up on the stage. He was a good friend of mine, good brother of mine. His name is Dr. Charles Montgomery. He got up on the stage, and he preached his heart out. He was not scheduled to preach that day. The person who, actually, there were no African-Americans scheduled to preach at this conference. And he, African-American, just to clarify, um, was asked to preach at the last minute. Because the person who was supposed to preach got sick. And in a last-minute attempt, he jumped up and he preached and was the best sermon, that one of the best sermons I've ever heard, but the best sermon at that conference. But what made it so powerful was that he preached about tearing down the walls that culture and racism has built up in our society. And from that moment... After he finished his preaching, another preacher got up there and, and gave up his time. He said, look, God is up to something here today. He said, and he gave an altar call. <laughs> Y'all know altar calls? Ministry time. And the ministry time was for racists. If you are racist here today, I need you to come to the front. If you need to seek forgiveness from God, from your actions or your inactions, I need you to come to the front. And I'm like, man, ain't nobody going up there. <laughs> that, I had never heard an altar call like that before. And to my surprise, half of the church emptied and was at the front weeping, looking for prayer. And I'm in the back weeping. Like, if, is that what the vineyard is all about? Is the vineyard this transforming force phenomenon in our society that can actually transform majority culture and include minority culture? Is the vineyard this place that I've been searching for my entire life? Other preachers got up and preached about uh, 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 the importance of evangelism, discipleship, leadership, diversity. Other leaders got up and talked about uh, uh, the importance and the commitment that the vineyard has to mercy and forgiveness, unity and truth, love and justice. And I saw that God was up to something great. I saw that God was up to something that didn't just make people feel good, but he was up to something that was life-transforming. He was up to something that was going to be world-changing in this moment. And at that moment is when I fell in love with the vineyard. I said, God, if this is what you're up to, I'm all in with that. I'm all in with this type of a church movement. You, you see, I grew up in, in Black Baptist Church. I love Black Baptist Church. I miss it. So I, I got to go back home to Baltimore, and I got to shout a couple of times, and I'll come back to you. <laughs> we like to make noise in our church, right? so, so feel free to 
Shout, make some noise, jump up, run around. Anyway, make me feel at home sometime, y'all. Come on. Amen. Come on now. Ah, come on, God. I need an organ now. Somebody. Y'all get, don't get me started. No, get me started. That's awesome. Uh, but I said, listen, if, God, if this is what you're up to, God, multi-ethnic ministry, if this is what you're up to, God, transforming hearts, if this is what you're up to, God, changing me to not prioritize or worship my culture, but to lay down my culture enough to join into what you're doing. To, to make Revelation chapter 7 verse 9 a reality that all languages, all nations, all people will come together and worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. God, if that's what you're up to in the vineyard, I want in. And for the last 14, what, 14, 13, 13 in some odd years I've been a part of this vineyard movement. So the vineyard is a church plant. I'm going to get to the scripture for y'all, y'all Bible thumpers that's looking at me like, oh, he ain't going to preach no scripture. It's, uh, I got you. I got you. Patience. The vineyard is a church planting movement. It is a global community of churches with a common set of values, and the kingdom of God is at its theological center. The values of the vineyard are this. We are a people of the kingdom of God who, number one, partner with the Holy Spirit. We desire to experience God's presence and his power through the power and the presence of his Holy Spirit. We, we, by his power, we are able to do things that human beings can't do. We're able to uh, uh, receive from him a word for somebody else and, and impact their lives. We trust that we can pray for folks and God will intervene. We pray that his will will be done and his kingdom will come if we join in and partner with him. We believe that we can face injustice and we can see transformation in this world. We don't pass it on to the next generation. No, we make change now, here, and in this lifetime. And we can only do that through the power and the presence of his Holy Spirit. In the vineyard, we are a kingdom of God people who experience and worship God. You see, the primary place where our relationship with God is nurtured and developed is in our act of worship. We value that life-changing power of the experience of his presence that happens when we honor and worship and fall down on our knees to worship the king. We're also a kingdom people, a people of the kingdom of God who uh, reconcile people with God and all creation. We take that seriously. We are committed to becoming healing communities engaged in the work of reconciliation. We aim to be a diverse community of, that hopes and realizes the power of the cross. The power of the cross to reconcile all people to God and to each other. We want to be kingdom people who engage in compassionate ministry. 
Meaning we lean toward the lost. We lean toward the poor. We lean toward the incarcerated. We lean toward the disenfranchised. We lean toward those who lack mercy. We lean toward those who are marginalized. Because that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 4 verse 18. We're not here for self. Yes, God wants to save you. Yes, God wants to impact your life, but he wants you to turn that around and impact somebody else's life. We are here for ministry, compassionate ministry. And finally, the fifth vineyard value is this, that we are kingdom people who pursue culturally relevant mission in this world. Meaning that our values and our beliefs never change, okay? We're serious about that. Jesus Christ is Lord today and will be forever. And we will not change our value, our belief system. But we will change how we deliver and express it. It depends on what the context that we're in. Right? I have to change the way I preach depending on where I am. I, I, we have to change the way we sing depending on who's in the crowd. Okay? We change how we do things in order to reach more people for Jesus. Paul said it this way, that I become all things to all people in order to win some. That my culture is not my God. My way of doing things is not my God. I am not my God. I'm not here for me. I'm here for the king and for everyone else. He said, the most important thing that you can do and learn in this life is to love God and love others. And if we don't do that, we already missed the boat. We got it wrong when it comes it becomes self. So this church, give you a little history, was planted as a vineyard church in 2004. By two faithful followers of Jesus who had uh, their heart set on transforming the Twin Cities, impacting people's lives right here in the city of Minneapolis. Intent, it was intended to be right here in the city so that people's lives could be transformed right here. It is because of their faithfulness that each one of us are here today. It's because of the faithfulness of that small group of people who, who came here from Illinois and wanted people's lives impacted that we are here today. Praise God for them. Praise God for their faithful witness and their planting of this church. Now, here we go. I'm, I'm, I got to do this part quick. The, vineyard, the first vineyard churches were actually planted in 1975 by a guy named Ken Gullickson. Ken Gullickson planted vineyard churches for this reason, that there was no culturally relevant church in California at the time. Those of you who know Vineyard, Vineyard came out of that whole hippie movement. We still have some folks here like, yeah, I'm a former hippie, Right? And that's fine. That's all right. That's what the movement came out of, came out of that in California. And so churches in that time, well, churches, a lot of churches in this time, are often 30 years out of date. Churches are often stuck in what was comfortable 
to them or that pastor so long ago. And we still talk in old language and using King James Bible and all that kind of stuff. No offense to anybody who used King James Bible. But ain't nobody 25 and under reading, thither thou thoweth thee thou. <laughs> one, one out of, one out of, oh, God bless you. That's awesome. Keep it up. But make sure you get the modern versions too. So we can, good, good. There you go. Stay, stay, we have to learn to change and transform our minds and our language and our presentation for a whole new generation. And that's what Ken wanted to do. And then in 1982, he felt that God, uh, uh, he felt God led him to a man named John Wimber. John Wimber is a guy, former music producer, who had a radical transformation in his life. You should look up some of the interviews of John Wimber. But he had this radical transformation, and Ken felt God gave him the orders to turn over the leadership of the church to him. And from there, John Wimber started what's called the Association of Vineyard Churches. And now we are a church planting movement with churches all across the nation because of his witness and his leadership. All rooted in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, that says, Go and make disciples. Go into all the world and make disciples. And that's what the vineyard is all about. So, throughout Scripture, we see that God uses this thing called the vineyard, not the church, but he uses vineyards to illustrate points, right? Vineyards are places where you grow grapes, okay? Vineyards are places where, where grapevines are, are, are flourish, and here uh, is where Ken Gullickson gets the name Vineyard from. It's actually John chapter 15. We'll have it up on the screen for you. I'll read it through quickly. Just verses 1 through 5, it says, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more, even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do how many things? nothing. Fruitfulness here is tied to uh, being connected. Fruitfulness is a product of connection. Fruitfulness is that in which brings glory to God. It is our works. It is our good deeds. It is the impact that we can have in transforming this world for Jesus. In this text, Jesus gives us a few things that will help us to, one, understand the vineyard movement and what we do, but two, to apply to each one of our lives if we want to be progressive and productive in Christ. The first thing is that we are to center Jesus. He says that I am the true vine. I am the great vine, and my father is the gardener. He points out that we are to remain connected to him. He talks about the value of connection. And if that connection is then lost, there's no fruit. 
We cannot function effectively if we are not, if we are not connected to the true vine. The true vine, he's saying here, is our source. I want to point that out. A source, we know what a source is. It is a point of origination. And we know that Jesus Christ is our origin story. Jesus Christ is the creator of all things. He, through the word, the scripture says, were the heavens and the earth and everything else created. Right? But he is the source that we rely upon. Watch this. He is not our resource. Too often we confuse the two. A resource is an asset that you can utilize to sustain yourself. Asset like your money, your, your, your bank account, your house, your car. It's stuff. Jesus said, I'm not your stuff. Don't look at me as your stuff. Don't confuse me with your stuff. Don't just look at me when you're in trouble. I am your source. I'm your creator. And when you stay connected to me, you will become all of these things. You will become fruitful. Don't just use me because you need something. So he is our source. In the vineyard movement, I believe that this verse was picked out by Ken because the vineyard movement is a Jesus-centered family of churches. Jesus Christ is our Lord. Jesus Christ is our center. And we follow him. We call this part the main and the plain. Is that a plain reading of scripture, a plain understanding of Jesus Christ is what gets us where we need to go. And so we need to take scripture seriously. We need to take Jesus seriously. He is the only hope for our world. The second thing we observe in this passage is produce fruit. There's a couple of things here. He says that he uh, uh, cuts off Every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. He, the Father, cuts off branches that doesn't produce fruit, right? Unproductivity gets cut. Unproductivity is necessary. But he also says that those branches are mine. You notice that. He says that those branches are mine, and this is important. The branches still belong to Jesus, even if you or someone you know is unproductive, even if somebody you know that is not doing what they're supposed to do, not all that they should be, and that's probably all of us here. If you are all that you should be, go on off to heaven. We don't need you here no more. You're perfect. But the unproductive folks, he said, they're still mine. So don't judge people. Don't judge people. He said that those people are still, they still belong to me, even though I cut them. Oh, man. In order for any type of fruit to produce more, the gardener needs to come in and cut it. You see, that cutting that you've experienced, that pain that you've experienced, that church hurt that you've experienced, that person that stepped on your toe that you experienced, the things that didn't go your way that you've experienced might just be God sneaking in and doing a little snip. And you know when it's him because you end up being more productive after it's over. Don't look at God and complain to God and cry, God, why you keep hurting me? God is like, I want you to be better. 
I want you to lift the weights to become stronger. I want you to jump over the hurdles to strengthen your legs. I want you to be all that I've created you to be. And sometimes you got to go through hard things in order to get there. Finally, number three, he says, remain connected. Verse number five, I'm the vine, you are the branches. And he tells us that we need to remain connected to the vine. If we remain connected, if we continue in him, to abide means to continue, to endure, to dwell. He says, just naturally you'll produce fruit. How many of y'all seen grapes coming on a vine, coming off of a vine, sweating? Man, I'm trying so hard to be sweet today. Man, it's taking so much of my energy today to just produce and pop out more grapes. He said, no, productivity happens naturally. The life of the Lord flows through us naturally if we just stay connected. It's our connection that produces the fruit. And in the Vineyard Movement, I believe that one of the hallmarks of the Vineyard Movement is that we remain connected. It's so valuable, so important. Check out vineyardusa.org when you get a chance. We have conferences all the time. We want to stay connected. We have one coming up in November, November 1st through 3rd in Green Lake, Wisconsin at the Green Lake Convention Center. All right? If you want to know what the greater vineyard is all about, if you want to stay connected with our greater region and then the nation, the national vineyard, and the global vineyard, check out our vineyard conferences. Those are great places to remain connected. So, I'll end with this, and worship team, y'all can come on back up here, that the vineyard, through its connection, the vineyard has been successful in its connection. In its short 40-year existence, it, is, it has over 500 vineyard churches here in the USA and over 2,400 vineyard churches worldwide. All from the vision of one man, John Wimber, who wanted to make this a church planting movement. We are the number two church planting movement in the U.S., meaning it's only one other denomination that plants more churches, new churches in the world than us. That's amazing for a young 40-year-old movement. The other one's been around since Moses was here. (laughs) We have a new national director whose name is Jay Pathak, and he is the first person of color that's leading our movement. We're excited about that. That we're not only being led monoculturally anymore, that there's a significant movement for all people to be included, right? And we have a whole lot of other things going on, but listen, the last thing I want to tell you and I want to express to you is that we have a podcast And the podcast is called We Are Vineyard. If you would go to your favorite podcasting platform, go to Spotify, Apple, or whatever, you can see those podcasts. You can listen to those podcasts. Uh, But I would encourage you right now, if you would, make a commitment this week to at least listen to one of those podcasts. I think that you could learn more about what the vineyard is and our deep connection uh, to Jesus and all that Jesus has been doing in this movement. So if you would, won't you, you, that connect card that you were filling out earlier, would you grab that connect card? At the bottom of it, there's a, there's a little line there that says next step. 
And I want us to learn more about the vineyard. I want us to be deeper connected to this movement that God is using to transform people's lives. If you would, if you're willing to just listen to one podcast this week, write yes in that line that says next step. You can find that on any podcasting platform or go to our website, vineyardusa.org. I'm going to invite the ushers to come. They're going to hand you a basket. You can take that Connect card and put it in that basket along with tithes and offerings. If you have a physical gift that you would like to present to the Lord today, put it in that basket and pass it down the row. We thank you for your generosity. It's only because of your generosity that we are able to engage our community and connect and do all the things that Mercy is doing. So thank you. Pass the buckets through, and we will continue to worship 